The views expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of MedPEP or Physician Health Services. The advice given to Marie Curious has been individualized and may not apply to the listener. While Marie Curious is a real person describing both real and hypothetical events and situations, she is using a pseudonym for this series. Welcome to MedPEP, the Medical Professionals Empowerment Program. I'm Dr. Les Schwab, the host of the series, and from my own experience as a clinician, manager, and now as a professional coach, I've been serving as the guide to my young colleague, Dr. Marie Curious. Marie is a primary care physician who is trying to learn how to survive and thrive in this very difficult world of medical practice today. Marie and I each week have the privilege of speaking to a visiting expert in some aspect of personal management, practice management, or interaction with our systems and organizations. Today, our guest is Dr. Beth Frades, who is going to speak to us about running on empty, high test fuel for physicians. But before we begin, I'd like to check in with Marie about how things have gone since we last met. Marie, as you recall, our last guest was Dr. Kathy Lanteri, and she talked about managing difficult conversations. And as I recall, the example we went through was talking to administrators about disagreement. It's a very rich contemporary example. But difficult conversations occur everywhere and not just at work, at home, in everyday life. So I wondered if you had a chance since we last met to look at any difficult conversations you might have had and see if Kathy's framework for how to frame and manage them was of any applicability. Les, so good to be back and I'm really glad you brought that up because the very next day, we had a continuation of the difficult conversation that I was having with my administrator, wow. and I got a response back, and I just took a step back. My response uh, through messaging is that, thank you for your response. I'm gonna take some time to think about it, and we'll talk again. And I was so glad that we had the opportunity with Kathy to think about not reacting emotionally but to respond with examples, et cetera. And so I've been collecting my ammunition, so to speak. I wanna get the data. I want to present it in a thoughtful way to my administrator, and we'll see how that goes. Well, that sounds like a lesson well-learned. Like that's a very strategic response. It is neither capitulating nor being demanding. It is advancing your argument thoughtfully in a way that I think it may well be heard. Very good. So I'm now eager to listen in on your conversation with Beth. So welcome, Dr. Beth Frades. May I call you Beth? Yes, please. Please tell me a little bit about yourself and the work that you do to help the lot of us physicians. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm excited to work with you. Having listened to you in previous broadcasts, very interested in your story. I work in lifestyle medicine. You have spoken with Dr. Eddie Phillips already, who's a colleague of mine, so I know that you probably have an understanding of lifestyle medicine. For some new listeners, I'll help explain what I do. I work with patients. Many are physicians. Some are moms. Some are CEOs. Some are uh, workers in broadcasting wide range of patients, and I help them adopt healthy lifestyles. How do I do that? 
So I used some coaching, which you mm -hmm. heard about from Meg and Gail, and I talk with them. We have a conversation. It's not just a lecture. We talk about their life, what they're currently doing for exercise, for sleep, for diet, for stress resiliency. And we talk about opportunities that they may have to enhance these areas, to improve their diet, to sneak in a little more exercise, to use a stress reduction technique in the moment mm -hmm. when there's a tense time perhaps at work, and to work on that sleep hygiene, which most people, no matter what sphere I'm working in, most people do need to work on sleep. So Beth, are you working with these folks as a doctor or as a professional coach, for example? You mentioned a little bit of both because I know you are a physician. Yes, yeah, great question. So right now, how I practice is through my wellness synergy company, which is a health and wellness coaching company where I am actually acting as a health and wellness coach mm -hmm. so that this is out of hospital mm -hmm. uh, and it is out of the realm of medicine uh, in terms of reimbursement. Um, it is mm -hmm. out of pocket and it is something that patients come to me, uh, seek me out, usually because they are overweight or struggling with stress management. Okay. And something you said sort of piqued my interest, which was you mentioned this phrase, you know, can we squeeze in a little bit more of this the exercise? And that's what I feel like my life is like every single day, is that I'm just trying to extract the last bit of whatever, energy, time, enthusiasm, uh, you know, brain, the last very brain cell to think about this patient. I just don't know how long I can do this for. There's right. not, it, it feels like you're trying to squeeze water from a rock sometimes. Right, Marie, I understand that. And I'm wondering if it would make sense to talk about things that nourish you mm -hmm. so that you will feel like you're a big sponge that has absorbed tons of water and you don't really need to feel like the rock and then you can't try to squeeze some tiny little thing out of it. Instead, you're going to be a full sponge. So how do we get you feeling well nourished and full of energy? Would that be a good place to start? I'm nodding just thinking about the analogy of a sponge because I feel like I'm wrung out dry sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you live life and yes, certain things help refill you and you expand again, mm -hmm. but immediately mm -hmm. that just gets depleted. And mm -hmm. thinking about our topic today, um, high test fuel, mm -hmm. you know, besides Red Bull <laughs> or, or coffee or, <laughs> right. or shots of something, what is that high test fuel? Mm -hmm. It sounds like the holy grail, mm -hmm. I have to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you walk me through that? Definitely. So don't have a magic potion, although that would be wonderful, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes. And to be honest, it's individual and it's personal. Okay. What's really going to fill up mm -hmm. your sponge, what's going to fill you up, and what's going to give you high test fuel. If you'd like, I can talk to you about diet, mm -hmm. a healthy eating pattern, 
healthy sleep hygiene, mm -hmm. if you like, mm -hmm. and then perhaps we can see where you are with your current status in eating and sleeping. I think that's a great idea, not just for me, but now that I'm thinking, you know, how many times in the course of a day do I give that talk myself to patients? And it's a little bit of the kettle calling the pot black because I'm not doing it very well. So how can I expect my patients to do that? So perhaps I have more empathy for their situation. You're making a great point. Might I first start with this idea? And I'm not surprised, Marie, that you're thinking of your patients. Mm -hmm. I was talking about you and look what happened immediately. We went to your patients and how that, how your actions uh, impact them. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. I hear you. And I, I know that you want to prioritize caring for self and energizing self. Mm. So let's see what I can do okay. to help you do that. In terms of diet, have you heard of the Harvard Healthy Plate? I have not. Yeah, many physicians have not. Most patients have not. I like to utilize this plate because it's very visual. We can do it and listeners can envision it okay. as we go over it together. So if you look at a circle, our plate, think about half of the plate. We wanna put vegetables on half of the plate and some fruit. So vegetables or fruit are taking up half of our plate. Mm -hmm. Then the other half, we'll cut that in half and okay. we'll have two quarters on the other half. Okay. So that top quarter of this plate will be whole grains. Uh-huh. Then the bottom quarter will be healthy protein. So every plate, when we are having breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the, I think you're making some I'm faces. Sorry. I'm grimacing just you're because. <laughs> because first of all, there's no section for chocolate or desserts, and that's disturbing. <laughs> I'm teasing. Right. Of course there wouldn't be, but many patients ask about that, in fact. And second, I'm just, thinking about how my diet doesn't look like that at all. So I often like to say I have a toddler's diet since I mostly eat applesauce, you know, cheese sticks and whatever else we have on hand at home. Right. So there you go. Right, right. Well, you're not alone. Uh, this is what most of America is doing. And what we are trying to do in lifestyle medicine is simplify the message. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm using the Harvard Healthy Plate with you mm -hmm. because it, it isn't, popularized quite yet, yeah. and let's try to do it together. But more importantly, let's talk about it for you. So that plate I described, half vegetables and fruit, quarter whole grain, quarter healthy protein. Mm -hmm. You say that seems a bit foreign. Tell me, <laughs> tell me where you are with vegetables. Okay. Let's start with vegetables. I'll put myself in the most forgiving of lights maybe, and say that vegetables I do okay. I do like salads and green veggies Great. and I know that they're good for me. Um, I also love fruit. Mm -hmm. I think perhaps my the way my plate is being divided up is that the grains, and they're not necessarily gonna be whole grains mm -hmm. to be frank, Beth, mm -hmm. is a lot larger in size. Okay. The protein is probably larger in size too. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of diet trends out there now. There's right. the paleo diet, the mm -hmm. vegan diet. My goodness, I don't know if we're gonna jump into all of that, mm -hmm. but I still eat my meat. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a dessert portion as well, which mm-hmm. does not fit on the plate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's good to know. You're feeling like a lot of vegetables. I'm talking about vegetable heavy plate. Yes. This Harvard Health it seems to you to be vegetable heavy. And by the way, that's the way it looks to, to a lot of people, physicians and patients alike, because they have the same response. I have a lot more carbohydrate here mm-hmm. and certainly a lot more meat. A portion of meat is uh, decocarts. That's what is considered a portion of meat. And nobody really in America is using that as their <laughs> guideline, are they? So that in itself, the portion is a good, uh, a good point. Okay. But why the Harvard Healthy Plate? Why all these vegetables? Well, as it turns out, in our vegetables, we have our vitamins and mm-hmm. minerals that we need for energy like magnesium, like the calcium. Mm -hmm. We also have antioxidants, Mm -hmm. which can help us prevent disease, prevent cancer, decrease Mm -hmm. inflammation in our vegetables. So when we think about one of the best things we could do for our health and our energy, it would be to add more vegetables in the day. Mm -hmm. Not just the salad, although the salads are fantastic if you're already having salad. Mm -hmm. But for example, in the morning, if you're gonna have oatmeal, could you put some berries in? Mm -hmm. Would you be able to put banana, half a banana, some berries, maybe strawberries one day, blueberries another and get some fruit in there. If you're going to have, if you prefer egg beaters or regular eggs, can you put some spinach in? Can you put some tomatoes on the side? Can you think about that Harvard healthy plate every meal? Beth, before you go on, I was just gonna make a hand signal timeout because that all sounds delicious and really wonderful in theory. Mm -hmm. I think the practicality of it is difficult to execute. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I did wanna bring up and just get your opinion about or advice is the fact that I eat breakfast at my desk at work. I eat lunch at my desk. I eat half of my dinner at my desk. (laughs) And if I'm lucky, I can get home and have a a quick dinner with my family. How does that work out? I, I feel like our physician's day in practice, when you're seeing patients in and out, you run behind, maybe you get early, there's an add-on, et cetera, et cetera. All these things come up and all the minutes get taken. There is no lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yes, I heard you speak about this and the one day you did go out to <laughs> yeah. have your lunch outside and right. how that felt so strange because you were actually taking the time yes. to be mindful and to be right. eating. So I understand what you're saying, and I believe that most physicians are exactly in your position. So what can we do? What will be practical for you? Mm -hmm. It's going to take a little bit of reorganization Mm -hmm. and a little bit of schedule shifting Mm -hmm. in order to get that breakfast sitting down in the kitchen. This is not gonna be tomorrow, but ideally (laughs) in some point at some time, sitting down in the kitchen, the lunch as you had thought you would try, sitting perhaps outside, perhaps with a colleague and chatting and having a nice meal without the pressures of work for 15, 20 minutes. Uh And then a dinner that is back at home at your table, perhaps with your toddlers. 
how we're going to work on getting there by managing the schedule. Okay. I had a question for you, Beth. So I did listen to your tape, your introduction to lifestyle medicine at Harvard Extension, and you did cite some of the evidence about why this was good. So I just wondered what, if you could tell Marie, not only is it a wonderful thing to try and exemplify for one's patients and reduce the dissonance between self and patient, but in terms of her own performance and well-being, that might pay off in increased energies. Mm. What is the evidence that adopting some of these healthier habits will, will help her in the shorter run? Yeah, this is fantastic. Thank you, Les, for bringing that up. So when we were talking about all the minerals and vitamins mm -hmm. in the vegetables, they also have a great deal of fiber. Mm -hmm. And they are difficult to digest. Mm -hmm which is great mm -hmm. in that they take time to digest. So what does that mean? They will be putting out energy slowly throughout the day after digestion. So instead of those simple carbs mm -hmm. that are in, on the plate, maybe a pasta or white bread, which is really looked at the same as sugar or a cookie. So pasta, white bread, the body looks at it exactly mm -hmm. the same way as sugar and a cookie, meaning in terms of energy, you're gonna get your sugar spike up right away. Then the pancreas is gonna do its 911 emergency for all mm. this high sugar, gonna put the insulin out, which by the way is good for storing fat. The insulin of course then comes and brings the sugar down, which makes us feel tired mm -hmm. and hungry again. So when we move the diet towards fruits and vegetables, towards whole grains rather than the large, simple carbs that mm -hmm. might be on our plate now in the form of rice, white mm -hmm. rice or pasta, plain uh, white pasta. We will energize ourselves through the day and we will, that food that we eat will, will allow us to get bursts of glucose throughout the next remaining two, three hours versus the 20 minutes mm -hmm. that the white pasta will do. And then of course the protein, a healthy protein. We like to think about beans, nuts, seeds, fish. Mm -hmm. I heard you say you still, you eat meat, a lean meat mm -hmm. if we can, unprocessed meat if, if we can. The protein again is difficult to digest. So we want that in every meal, some protein, mm -hmm. so that the energy that we get from our food will last longer throughout the day. So that the reason that we've come to these focal points mm -hmm. of vegetable, whole grain, lean protein is that we've looked at all the diets. A good colleague of mine, Dr. David Katz, he looked at DASH diet, mm -hmm. Mediterranean diet, paleo diet, name them. He looked at all of them and what were the common factors among all the diets that were felt to be healthy, healthful, contribute to one's health? They were vegetables. Uh -huh. They were nuts, seeds, legumes, mm -hmm. whole grains. What do we mean? Brown rice, quinoa, whole grain pasta, whole grain bread. These were the common features of all these different diets. Now, yes, they varied in portion of how much red meat did it have. Right. But in general, the commonalities of the healthy foods were the vegetables, 
the whole grains and the healthy protein. When patients go on these diets, mm -hmm. we have looked at this for many years, lifestyle medicine pioneers like Dr. Dean Ornish, if you're familiar with his work or not, he started in the 80s to put people on a diet such as the one I'm describing to you with the mm -hmm. Harvard Healthy Plate. These patients had coronary artery disease and by uh, um, angiogram, you could see the stenosis in their arteries. After being on this diet and exercise, having exercise as well, the lumen, the opening of the arteries, it opened up wider after being on this diet and exercise regimen for four to six weeks. And this was back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Now there's more and more research that backs that up. Mm -hmm. So we know that it's good for the body in terms of the arteries, in terms of energy supply. And that's probably where you, you want to stay focused or or do you want to talk about other things about the diet? Well, but I, know I had another question about that because one thing I heard you energy. emphasize is like try and eat at home yes. rather than at work. Take the time for lunch, like to be slow about the food rather than fast uh -huh. about the food. So two, two issues. One is at work, sometimes the choices hand are all fast food and coffee and you know artificial yeah. energizers, things from the vending machine and the nurses with the M&M stash and so forth <laughs> and so on. And you know, they're, they're tempting in a pinch, but I heard you emphasizing be intentional and slow it down. Uh. And I also heard you say, I have no time to give away to slow it down. So I hear a dilemma. Mm, great point, Les. And let me mention something about the time. Mm -hmm. We didn't learn this in medical school. I didn't. That it takes 20 minutes for the body to get the signal that I'm full. 20 minutes. So we're going to feel as if we're hungry and we're going to keep on eating. And if we eat very quickly, we're going to actually eat more right. until 20 minutes is passed. Uh -huh. That's when we'll get the satiety signal, the I'm full signal. Right. So the idea of n nourishing our body, taking the time that biologically we need hmm so that we can enjoy the meal, enjoy the food, and in fact, consume vegetables, whole grains, healthy proteins in the meal, rather than that quick, fast fix M&Ms, whatever is there, maybe the pizza. We have to mm -hmm. change the culture at the hospital. That's another topic for another day. But <laughs> what we can control is what Marie brings to the hospital, what Marie does before getting to the hospital. So what do I mean? Could you possibly bring a lunch, for example, so that you don't have to be tempted by that fast food that might be in your area or bring nuts like mm -hmm. a handful of almonds so that when you do see those M&Ms and it's 3 p.m. and the energy is down, instead you can reach for the almonds, which are high in protein mm -hmm. and also magnesium, which helps us with energy. So we have the dilemma of being very busy mom, busy practitioner, squeezing in food here and there when you can. If you know the ultimate goal is to be able to spend some time eating a Harvard Healthy Plate-like mm -hmm. breakfast, 
similar for lunch and dinner, what is one thing you think you could possibly do to get you closer to that? Either eating a nourishing breakfast at home, is, is that possible? Or, or, or is it possible to bring leftovers into work for lunch instead? I think I'd be embarrassed as to share what I'm serving at home for dinner, even for my kids and for my family. But to be frank, it's a lot of pre-prepared meals, um, frozen dinner. I mean, I tried to pick healthy things and we always try to have a vegetable, but even that is a frozen vegetable. It's a whole nother topic for another time, which is I'm fortunate enough as you know, most if not all physicians are that we have the resources to get these healthy foods that you're describing. So many of our patients you know, in the world, um, not just in the United States, don't have access to these healthy foods. So certainly a discussion for another time. But in terms of practical changes that I think I can make, I mean, there are pre-made mixes of uh, whole nuts that are unsalted. They do have a little bit of dark chocolate in there and that'll help motivate me to eat the nuts. So I feel like if that's okay, that's a good place for me to start. I'm gonna be a little bit more thoughtful about using whole grain carbohydrates rather than the white pastas and things like that, which are easy. And then at work, you know, there's a reason why pizza parties are so popular. They're so easy and we have them all the time. And it just has got to be the last thing that's healthy for a whole clinic of clinicians and healthcare providers. But I think that's a good place for me to start. That sounds fantastic. And back to the chocolate, because this isn't supposed to be uh, something that is undesirable this diet it's supposed to be pleasurable and nourishing so guess what dark chocolate has a lot of health benefits if you can get chocolate that has cocoa 70 to 85 percent in fact i have this i buy these myself i am like you i enjoy my dark chocolate <laughs> i buy the dark chocolate chips and i make my own little mix right. Uh, it's fun for me. I can do variety because I this is my go-to at three. Right. I put the almonds and the dark chocolate chips in with some walnuts and maybe some seeds of some kind, sesame seeds or pumpkin seeds, and I'll mix them all up, and that will be my 3 p.m. go-to. Mm -hmm. It can even be a 10 a.m. go-to, which if you have those three healthy meals, the right. Harvard plate meals, then you could have that 10 a.m. snack of... Yes your nuts if you like, or apple with a little almond butter, or apple with a little almond butter, or peanut butter if you like, celery with peanut butter, hummus with carrots and celery, whatever you like, you could potentially bring this in a little bag for yourself because then when you do get to the noontime, you're less ravenous, you can make better choices, and if there is pizza, you may be less likely to have three or four, and maybe you have one. <laughs> Thanks for being realistic. <laughs> I think that's fair. No, that's just average. That's what yeah. most no, people that's true. do. Right? That was very honest. <laughs> but having the go-to of these healthy snacks yeah. can help you so that you can carve the time or actually feel like you have enough time to make choices that are good for you, especially in the clinic. Now, mm -hmm. the question of the pizza, it brings in this social ecological model of change, which means 
we don't just have to change ourselves. We right. often have to change our environment. So yes. the question is who's ordering the pizza and is there any possibility that they might be able to order salads or uh, uh, perhaps a whole grain uh, sandwich of sorts rather than the pizza? Is that even a possibility that the person ordering could change the order a little? That's going to be a question for the ages. I have no idea. <laughs> but it's an excellent segue for us because we're talking about the individual level of change. Yes. But we also have to recognize, as Beth said, there's an environmental level to support individual change, and that is a challenge. This is one paradigm right. of it. We're going to get to many others in the course of our series. So wanted to thank Beth very much for her very solid evidence-based work about what constitutes healthy eating, both as a paradigm embrace in our own role as educators to our patients, but also the benefit, more immediate benefits to ourselves, including dealing with a very practical way of beginning, which I think given the huge demands on us, a practical, easy, but grounded start, it makes every bit of sense. So thank you very much. Thank you okay. for having me. I hope it's helpful. Right. Beth, that was incredibly helpful. I hope we'll have an opportunity again, if not this time, but to think about the time piece. Mm -hmm. And that would be so helpful because Good. for you know a working parent, mm -hmm. um, as a physician, if I'm already waking up at 4.45 or five o'clock in the morning, I'm not sure how much more time I can extract in the day to prepare these healthful meals. But I'm gonna start, Beth, with the snacks. Great. And I wanna do it for my kids mm -hmm. and for my patients. Right, wonderful. So Marie, excellent. So Marie, you picked up on Beth's suggestion that you might try the healthy go-to snacks as something you might experience between now and one of our future sessions. Does that sound like something that you might see? Definitely. Well it works. I'm going to try that for myself. Okay. And then perhaps remain mindful of the larger choices for your family, but no ask there other than just sort of observe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, the nuts can't be given to toddlers until okay. certain needs because right. it's a choking hazard. Okay. I also want to point out one thing that Beth used some coaching technique uh -huh. I observed in talking to you. She asked you what you could do to start mm -hmm. and you came up with the uh, solution as opposed to telling you here's a great idea. Uh -huh. That is coaching technique. In our next discussion we will talk a little bit about the phenomenon of coaching itself. Fantastic. Thank you so much Beth for your time and expertise today. I hope I can incorporate some of those changes right away. And last, as always, thank you for being my Sherpa, which you are. I am honored. Thank you. And I'd also like to thank those listening in. Hope these sessions are of value to you, too. If you have a question or a comment about today's program, email us at feedback at medpep.org or simply visit us at medpep.org. And now, here's a few words from MedPep's founder, Steve Edelman. This is Dr. Steve Edelman, creator of MedPep, the Medical Professionals Empowerment Program, and director of PHS, Physician Health Services, a charitable subsidiary of the Massachusetts Medical Society. Our mission is to promote the well-being of health professionals. Many thanks to our seeker, Dr. Marie Curious, to our guide, Dr. Les Schwab, and to our wonderful group of guest experts. Hats off to project leader, Dr. J. Dev Dasgupta, audio producer, Douglas Stevens, 
guitardiologist Dr. Susie Brown, and to the staff and board of PHS. Please visit and connect with us at medpep.org for CME info, faculty bios, and additional empowerment resources.